and welcome to Spawned, a common sense, generally fun, and hopefully helpful discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. And I'm Liz Gumbiner. We're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And today, we are so happy to welcome back one of our favorite frequent guests, KJ Delantonia, to talk about her new book and about happier parenting. Is it possible to even achieve such a thing when things suck? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to find out the answer to that burning question, which we will. We're going to talk to KJ right after this. Today's episode of Spawned is brought to you by Briars Ice Cream. You probably know Briars as America's number one ice cream brand, and you may even have a big tub of their natural vanilla ice cream in your freezer right now as the weather's getting warmer. But maybe you didn't know they also have a line of treats for those of you eating healthier these days. Briars Carb Smart. It's a line of sweet frozen treats with just three to five grams net carbs per serving, all under 150 calories, and they are good good. Not only do they come in those tubs that we love for DIY Sundays or just sneaking bites right out of the tub if you're my kids, but they come in bars with amazing flavors like caramel swirl, chocolate-covered almond, vanilla, and peanut butter. Plus, Briars has partnered with American Farmers, so all their carb-smart treats are made with 100% grade-A milk and cream. And here's a special offer just for Spawned listeners. Visit briars.com slash Spawned and download a coupon so you can try them out for yourself. You will not find that offer anywhere else. Go to briars.com slash Spawned. Briars products are available at all major retailers from Target to Kroger to Amazon Pantry, so it's easy to get your hands on them. Again, that's briars.com slash Spawned for a downloadable coupon so you can give Briar's Carb Smart Treats a try today. So let's tell you a little bit more about our guest. I mean, I'm sure our listeners know KJ Delantonia well. And even if you're a first-time listener for some reason, first of all, welcome. <laughs> but you probably know her too. Yes. She's the author of the viral New York Times essay, Why I Didn't Answer Your Email, the former editor of the Times Motherload blog, and the author of the book, How to Be a Happier Parent. And now she's about to release her debut novel, The Chicken Sisters, a hysterically funny story of two small-town sisters, one who stayed and one who left, trying to use a reality TV competition to finally resolve their ongoing feud over who made the better life choices. And it also happens to be a timely, humorous exploration of the same themes she focuses on in her journalism. Is that a coincidence? I think not. The importance of finding joy in our families, the challenge of figuring out what makes us happy, and the need to value the people in front of us more than the ones in our phones and our laptops. Hey, write what you know, right? Isn't that what they always say? Yeah. Well, these days, we are all about finding happiness where we can, when we can, if we can. So we're excited to welcome her back to Spawned. KJ, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Yay! Yes. We need it. We need fun. <laughs> yes, yes, we, we do. We were saying how we used to think of our podcast as like a, a half hour a cocktail hour between me and Kristen. Like we had a standing date every week. Now it's literally our social lives. <laughs> it's been really fun. Every time we have a guest, we're like, wow, a new person to talk to. Agreed. You you two are definitely the only people outside my immediate family that I will be speaking with today. You know, texting, that's a different story. All right. So no wow. pressure, Liz. No pressure. So I guess we should start with the question we've been asking everyone, which is, how are you doing in all of this? How is it going? Oh, you know, I think that I have it 
pretty good. Uh, my kids are teenagers, so I don't have anyone who really needs constant. They, they need a lot and they eat a lot. Oh my God. But, you know, I don't have to <laughs> micromanage their or manage at all their online schooling. Whereas, you know, if you've got a younger kid, you're not micromanaging. I'm not criticizing. A kindergartner is not going to sign into their Zoom meetings on their own. That's just not the way that these things work. So I'm lucky there. And I'm also lucky because I live in the country. So going outside is no biggie. And, you know, our home life is not that different in many ways. It's just that it's now our only life. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to put it, actually, because we're in a similar situation. I know Liz, for Liz, it's completely different being in a New York apartment. But for us, we're able to get outside, go for walks. Our state parks are now open. And it's amazing how much of a difference that makes for your morale. Liz, I saw you were outside a little bit on the roof. We went to the roof. Enjoying that. We did. That's like our new date night. We're like, bye, kids. We like take a glass of wine. Well, we can't bring glasses, so we... (laughs) a thermos of wine and we sit up on the (laughs) roof in our masks for a half an hour when the weather is nice. That's like, yay, that's our new day. I saw your picture. It looked great. You know, you get your feet up. Um. (laughs) Well, look, that's why we're excited to talk to you about this because happiness really looks different these days, I think, or does it? Well, you know, it does and it doesn't. Because yes, the things that make us happy, my husband and I, when we first had our first kid, my partner and I used to make this joke because one of us would say something like, I know, let's take him to the park and put him in the swing and push him. That would be fun. And the other one would just look at it, you know, fun? Really? Really? The original title of my book was going to be Redefining Fun because Uh we had totally redefined it. And I feel like that's kind of where we are. We've definitely redefined fun. I don't know that we've redefined happiness, though, because figuring out what sort of lifts your spirits, what puts you in a better mental place. The things themselves may be different, but the, the place you're, you're looking to get to is probably not that different. And the funny thing is that that is true kind of no matter what bad or good things are going on in your life. Parents in every situation are generally speaking looking to just figure out, okay, what would make this better? What would make me feel better about it? You know, what can I do or change or think to improve things? Not perfect Mm. them, just improve Mm -hmm. them. That's actually very reassuring because it's like reminding us that we all actually have these skills already. We're just maybe using slightly different muscles (laughs) to exert them, but that we have these skills and like finding what makes us happy, what can we fix, what's working, what's not working, what systems do I need to set up? Like, I find that a little reassuring, actually. I do, too. It's also an interesting exploration into maybe there are things that make you happy that you hadn't explored before. You know, our resources might be more limited. We might not be able to go to as many places or buy as many things. So, you know, reaching that happiness, whatever that goal might be, maybe it's just being happier, maybe happy, you know, the happiest I've been. always just being happier. I always circle that when I write (laughs) the title of my book, because I did not write how to be a happy parent. That's not a goal anyone needs. Happier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, especially now. I appreciate that. It's not like there's some like flow chart with like, congratulations, Nirvana, you've made it. You're happy. Here's your (laughs) Here's your trophy. (laughs) Do you think it's selfish to think about being happy right now, KJ, though? I'm curious because there is a lot that comes into play when I think about my own experience, right? Of course, privilege comes into play, being able to be home and work, having healthy children. And I know that my experience is not what so many other people are experiencing right now. And I have to admit, part of me has a little difficulty thinking about being happier when I know that so many people are suffering right now. So can you you talk a little bit about that idea? 
Absolutely. And that is actually not any different. I published this book in 2017 and started having conversations about whether or not it was selfish to think about our own happiness about 10 minutes later, because we do think that way. We do worry about that. So if you want sort of, you know, research-based things to fall back on when you wonder about worrying about your own happiness, I can offer you a few things. First of all, people who describe themselves as happier, they are, they're better employees. They're better parents. They give more to charity. They donate more of their time and money and energy to others. They're more supportive of others. Heck, they're more pleasant to those others when they're in the grocery store checkout line. There are a lot of benefits to society when we focus on our own happiness, not to the exclusion of everything else, but to the point where we be a, a pleasant and contributing member of whatever groups that we are a part of. So I, you know, absolutely no. We're not going to focus only on our home. This is probably not your problem that you're just only focusing on yourself. It's more likely to be the other way around. So taking mm -hmm. some time to work on your own happiness is actually, it's not just good for you. It's good for the people around you. That's a wonderful point. Yeah, I need to hear that. <laughs> but I think that's true. I think it's, you know, you always hear that it's infectious and contagious. And yes. um, that has a whole new meaning these days. But I'm like, can't you have happiness being our contagion <laughs> in our house? <laughs> I have to figure out how to cross-stitch that on something. Let me just say, too, that it's really important to recognize our privilege. And I do. I too am yes. fortunate. My kids are relatively healthy. Um, you know, things are, are pretty easy financially. We're, we're weathering this just fine. But I do want to point out that even people who are not in that ideal situation, people who are dealing with a chronic illness, people who are not feeling as financially secure, they too want to be happier. Mm -hmm. This is not some sort of a, a privileged conversation only for the wealthy. This is something that we all have a right to think about and that it is important to think about. You can put some time of your day into thinking about, you know, your problems and all of the things that are going wrong. And I think something's going wrong for everybody at this point, right? Yeah. Yes. But yeah. you can also take permission, even if there are things cratering around you, to focus a little bit on how you can just improve your approach to the situation. Because it's really, it's, in many cases, it's all we've got. And you know what? That's so important because I think all moms have kind of that martyr mom syndrome a little bit somewhere in them, some more than others. Where we feel like we're supposed to sacrifice all for the sake of our kids. And I really appreciate the reminder that if we're happier, actually everyone will be happier. That's yes. not something to sacrifice. And it also makes me think of that article that you shared it on Twitter a few days ago from the Washington Post. I think it was around Mother's Day. And it was all the different perspectives from working moms right now. And the premise was that we need to give up being super mom and lower our expectations and be okay with surviving right now as opposed to our kids thriving. Do you think that that's hard for some parents to kind of shift the goalpost, so to speak? Well, it was always hard, right? There was always that push towards perfection in many ways. That's why there's a reason to write a book called How to Be a Happier Parent. We're always trying to do this better. And that's for a lot of reasons. We're afraid that if we don't do a great job, our kids aren't going to be able to reach their full potential or reach any potential. We want to look good next to our neighbors. We want to look good to our judgmental parents. I mean, we have all kinds of reasons sort of wanting to knock this one out of the park. And I think it's always hard to let that go. I really loved what you wrote, Kristen, about, you know, there is no prize for this, that there is no, <laughs> right. this is not the, oh, the quarantine Post. Olympics. It's so good. Yes. That yes. cracked me up. This is indeed, this is not the quarantine Olympics. My children are, I, I don't know, maybe they're learning quadratic equations. I don't actually know what they're doing in math. They're certainly not learning it from me. 
basically, yes, now is not the time to try to achieve that perfection that you feel that you've always been lacking in your parenting because never, never, that's the right time for that. <laughs> I'm actually surprised by some of the parents who are still holding on to that. Like, I've been super tight B mom these days. I'm like, oh, you got a 70 on one quiz. That's all right. Like, you'll pick it up. Like, I just, it's like, okay. I feel like it's all relative these days. But then I hear from our school that they're getting like dozens of letters a day from parents who are like, my kid's falling behind in Spanish. And I was like, R- really? That's I'm like hearing that too. Concern? Actually, I'm hearing That's that so too. That's so funny. I'm yeah, we're hearing yeah. the same thing. Really? That there are parents yeah. saying, we need more work. We need more what? work. I'm so oh, God. not that parent. No, I'm not. And I'm a type A, like A, 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 A. And I was talking to my daughter's teacher and, you know, having empathy for him because he's got his own kids at home that he's trying to teach and he's trying to teach our group of third graders. And I said, listen, I'm the minimalist here. And I was homeschooled as well. And so I kind of, I have an expectation as to knowing that it's not going to be a full day's worth of work. It's maybe two hours, maybe three, but that's about it. And he was saying, thank you so much because I'm getting so many emails from people telling me they need more handouts and more papers. And I'm like, well, that's not me. (laughs) Please, please leave me off those emails. My my seventh grader, sometimes she doesn't finish her work until 6 p.m. And I'm like, that's not okay. She cannot be online for nine straight hours doing work. That's crazy. I'm all for like, go out and take a walk and that'll be our science for the day. (laughs) Look at a tree and name it. Please. Yeah, we got an email. I got an email from the principal of one of the two middle schools. My kids are in three different schools, so that's super helpful. And my oldest is on a gap year, which is fine. But um, the principal of one of the schools emailed and was like, we're in a bind here because some of you are shrieking, we need more work. And some of you are shrieking, enough already, I can't do it. And we don't know where to go with that. The teachers are putting in a lot of hours to create the more work that some of you aren't supporting. And we understand that too. We're not saying, it was just, he, he's a wonderful man, but he sends these massive stream of consciousness emails, especially at times like this. Who knew? Because this is the first time we've had a time like this, but he does it over snow days. So I knew he had it in him. Anyway, I, I kind of came out of it going, well, I am going to stay more on top of my kid because I hadn't really thought about the importance of respecting the amount of work that the teachers are putting into this. I had only thought about letting go of my own expectations so that the teachers maybe didn't feel like like so stressed about it, but I also want to support them and be appreciative. So I kind of ended up doing a little, (laughs) and really all that means is that once a day, I'm like, um, did you do your homework? Am I going to get an email from many of your teachers today telling right. me that you didn't? That's the same for me, too, actually. I, f- I feel similarly. Did you do everything you needed to do? I mean, my youngest is nine, so she's young, right? So she's probably the yep. one that I really have to check in on. All right, so let's talk a little bit about things that would make us happier, which is our children doing chores around the house. And we just had Catherine <laughs> Newman on who was talking about life skills and emotional awareness and things, you know, with her new book that's coming out. And I mention you every time I talk about chores, which feels like a lot because, you know, you always told us kind of bottom line, kids are going to whine. It's not really the best situation for them to do them, but they need to do them. And I'm just wondering, you know, how do you feel like this is playing out in quarantine, right? Like sometimes I'm just doing their laundry because A, I'm bored and I want something to 
to do. I need an excuse to binge watch something, you know, or I just can't deal with the whining today. Like, is that a bad idea? Can you just talk a little bit more about that? Well, I mean, it's funny that you put it that way because I have had kind of the opposite experience because as much as I talk a great game about chores, and I do, I think they're super important and we have worked so hard to get our children to do them and they so totally do not do them unless we make them, which is actually true of all children. You just have to make them. That's the that's that's the secret of chores. But I have felt like everything has changed now. I mean, here we are. There are basically six adult-sized human beings, three dogs and two cats living in this house. Mm-hmm. It's messy. <laughs> and the truth is that I used to have someone to help. She's actually one of my best friends. She's been with me since my oldest daughter was born. Uh, we spend more time together than almost anyone else. She doesn't come anymore. I still pay her. I just want to, we are so lucky that we are able to. And if if people can still pay the people that clean for you, even just a little bit, because, oh my goodness. So we are, uh, we're lucky. She's just on a, she doesn't want to be on long vacation because she's stuck at home with her kids too. And we're constantly texting. But anyway, the long and the short of is there's no help. If those kids don't help me to clean this house, uh, that's all I will do ever until this is over because it's constant. We have shifted from a model where it's like, well, it's really nice if you help and you should help and it's good for you to help to if you don't help me, I am going to collapse on this floor in tears. And <laughs> yes, they, yes. They can see, A, they can see that. B, I might have collapsed on the floor in tears a couple of times. And once I uh, took all the dirty dishes out of the sink and threw them into the trash can and carried it out and put it in the trash can. And then later I had to go and fish them back out because we oh! need dishes. <laughs> we, so yeah. I did that once to some roommates in college, but that was a whole other story. <laughs> like, literally. I was like, you don't ever clean. I'm taking these out. We actually had a, a really fun incident this week where our dishwasher broke. It broke. Yay. So fun. That's what I call fun. The first fun, time Liz. we're actually cooking 21 meals a week at home with everybody here in a small apartment and the dishwasher broke and my building because the co-ops of New York City are so delightful in all their wisdom <laughs> said to me that it was not considered an emergency and no, we could not have it replaced nor replace it ourselves. So... There's oh, that. Geez. I know, I know. And look, I'm like, I I, That's an I, I know these are like upper class problems. I'm like, may that be the worst thing that ever happens to us during this whole thing. But even so, we had to like actually sit the family down and have a talk about the new procedure of dishes. You cannot leave one single glass in the sink. The second you finish it, you wash it. The end. So as of day one, I still washed everyone's cups. <laughs> so that didn't work. <laughs> but today, today is the second day and and we're trying it again because I literally channeled you, KJ. I kept thinking about you saying you have to make the kids do the chores. And I thought if they don't do this, if I have to look at dishes all over the place all the time and then it's time to make dinner and nothing's clean, I will go out of my head. So, you know, I'm hoping that it will force them to step up maybe in a way that they didn't before. (laughs) I think it will. But the ugly thing is that you have to force it. And we we hate that. So I feel like there's two things happening here. And one is that it feels awful to have to wash all those dishes, right? And the other is that it feels awful that they can't see that, my goodness, they used the dish and they should clean it. And why should that be your job? And why would they not just do that happily to be, you know, a helpful and loving and respectful <laughs> member of your... Co- that's yes, that you second are, piece of it that we have to let go. You are actually listening in on our household, aren't you? <laughs> you have a bug Absolutely. in here somewhere. Because you know everything. conversation every day. And the person who told me to separate those two things and just let that second one go 
is a lifesaver for me because ever since I've just been like, you know, I, I don't care. I don't care that I have to. I mean, sometimes I do. Sometimes I just can't take it anymore. But fine. I have to nag you. I have to tell you. I try really hard not to feel like a failure because they won't just do it. That's a hard piece of it, too. I, that is the biggest part of parenting, right, I think, is is just like why is giving up on this idea that they're just going to automatically do the things we think they should. And when we're able to do that, it's quite amazing because it just it's this huge burden that I think so many parents carry, right? And if we look back, I didn't do things automatically. I don't even think that's developmental, honestly, that we automatically do things, right? Like kids are supposed to be egocentric. We're not they're, I say we, look, oops, they're not supposed to be thinking about everybody else. I mean, really, it's their job to think about themselves. So when you think about it, it's not wrong of them to do. It's just frustrating. I appreciate that you brought up my article, though, the uh, Pandemic Olympics article <laughs> that I wrote for the Washington it's Post. So Thank you. I thought it was and, you know, awesome. I, I it. really tried to talk about silver linings, right, which I think are so important. You know, it's like another way to say, what can we be grateful for, those small things? And I'm wondering, what are some, shall we say, happier silver linings maybe that you've discovered with your own family or that people, you know, can be on the lookout for in their own lives? You know, sometimes it's just hard for us to see them. And when someone says, you know, XYZ is pretty awesome, we're able to then open our eyes to something that we weren't able to identify before. Well, some of it is just noticing. Um, if you had told me in January that starting on, you know, March, whatever it was, we would all be in this house together with absolutely no relief to speak of for, you know, 24-7 for 70 plus days at this point, mm-hmm. I would have been terrified. Right. Um, and among other things, I would have thought that my children would kill each other, two of them in particular, and that hasn't happened. So just looking around at how much better this is maybe going than you would have guessed that it would, and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, that's the case for me. Noticing that makes me happier. It's not like a thing or a, even a silver lining exactly. It's just It's just a fact. We have not killed each other yet. My children do not fight all the time. And the house is not, you know, a wash and <laughs> actually, you know, I'll, I'll see your dishwasher and I'll raise you sewage in the shower in the bathtub. Oh, no. Oh, okay, you win. No. Sorry, Liz, yeah. but KJ that wins that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> is an emergency. I'm pretty sure even your co-op would agree. So we did have to yes. have people. So people yes, were in my basement would, with chainsaws cutting the sewage pipes and draining them. Oh! <gasps> You know what? Wow. I think I need to fake some sewage in my tub <laughs> so that I go. can secretly have a dishwasher repair person disguised as a sewage removal person <laughs> come up. It's the same person because it's all plumbing. Right? Wow. <laughs> it's all just water. Yeah. Wow, that sucks. So, I'm sorry. We were on Happier and I flaked off onto sewage because that was <laughs> no, that was awesome. a day. No, but look, it reminds you that like we have to take the little wins. And the truth is, I do know some kids who are killing each other. I know one family who they had to like move into a second apartment from a friend and separate the kids temporarily because they were at each other. I know some kids who have had so much anxiety they can't go outside, literally. They're terrified every time they see a mask. Those parents are trying to find their own silver linings too. I talked to one parent last week who's having a kid who, who has tremendous anxiety and it's been very, very, very hard for the family. And my friend was saying, you know, but like on the other hand, 
we're having like alone time dinners, just me and one kid at a time, just to give them time to talk to me and, you know, get their feelings out. And that's kind of something I really appreciate. And I, I just really like that my friend was finding something good during what was what I would think would be a, a, a really, really tough time. Right. That is amazing. And I think the thing to recognize is that everything's not going well for anyone. So you can look at what's happening for you and go, oh, well, my kids are fighting or, oh, well, my house is dirty or, you know, oh, well, my online schooling is going poorly. My goodness, ours is. Or, or what? Like you can pick the thing that, as you said, in the parenting Olympics where you are not getting a medal. But I think the most important thing that we can do for our own happiness is to figure out the things that we are doing well. Uh, you know, got bread raising that's pretty darn impressive uh no bread but the kids aren't fighting fine you win that one um you know not that we're trying to win because we've agreed we're not but (laughs) it goes right back to what you said earlier that we're trying to achieve perfection and we only focus on the things that are not going well when we could focus on the things that are going well truly Yes. And there are many things. I think even if it doesn't feel like there are, I think we may have to work a little harder for them. But it does make a huge, huge difference when you're able to find them. You know, even if it's just like I got to make myself breakfast today and I got to eat it sitting down and not running around chasing kids to go out the door to school. And that's a miracle. And it's awesome. So I'll just I'll take that and put that in my I'm getting a lot more sleep. Yes. If I could sleep, sleep, unfortunately, I'm having trouble sleeping. So many people are. I think we all are. But I don't have to set an alarm anymore because there really isn't anything to get up for. And I've been weaning myself. I'm still drinking my coffee, but I've switched to decaf because I'm like, I don't really need the caffeine. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm in the complete opposite. I'm getting more sleep. So this way, if I do this now, later, when I need the caffeine, it'll really work really well. Oh, wow. I'm in the opposite place. I feel like the day is divided into two different time periods, coffee and wine. (laughs) And I can figure out when when it's time to switch to the other. I'm like, it must be night. It must (laughs) be night. I know how I mark the days. I need to remember to drink water in between. So, KJ, you talked about your book, How to Be a Happier Parent, but let's talk about The Chicken Sisters. It's out at the end of June. We are so ready for a summer read. Like, tell us why people need to pick this up, other than the name to me is hilarious. Like, I, I saw the name and I was like, this is funny. So talk a little bit more about why this needs to be on our list. It is a really, uh, it's a fun and distracting read. But the thing I think that's going to resonate with people right now is that both of the main characters are in a real period of transition that they didn't necessarily sign up for. Um, Mm. they're, They're both faced with trying to figure out well, okay, I've spent my whole life letting other people tell me who I am, you know, what should make me happy, and it's not working very well. So now it is time to try to figure that stuff out for myself. And that, to me, is actually one of the the hardest things that any human being can do. And so both of my the women in my book, that's where they are. They're trying to figure out, well, okay, I've done all this stuff because other people told me to, or I've not done stuff because other people told me to. What do I actually want to do? What would make me happy? And I think when you read that, and it evolves very differently for the two different characters, it helps you process that kind of stuff on on your own and, and the choices that you have made and whether or not you know, whether you made them because of someone else or because of you and and 
what you might like to do differently. So I think it, it's it's fiction that uh, makes you think a little bit, but it is also, it really is, it really is funny and fun and about fried chicken and small towns and uh, family life and being a terrible organizer and social media and all the things. And we need that these days. I mean, I, I'm someone who tends to read almost exclusively nonfiction and I've been like, hmm, I haven't read this novel yet that's on my bookshelf. Like, I think we're all looking for more fictional escapes these days. Indeed, <laughs> so indeed. I think it'll be coming out at exactly the right time. So KJ, if you can leave us with one favorite piece of advice about being a happier parent right now, besides picking up your book, which will obviously make everyone happy, <laughs> what's your go-to advice these days? My go-to advice is to to try to just have your own moods, not to let the feelings that your kids are having or that your partner is having at the moment control your own experience. I have little sayings around this stuff. And um, that one is, you can be happy when your kids aren't. And I think it's fair for our kids to be not so super happy right now. And it's important to recognize that it's okay if we're okay. And in fact, it's good for them if we're okay even in the moments when they're not. I love that. You know, I was speaking to a therapist this week because (laughs) quarantine therapy is much needed. And her whole thing is like therapist's rule is that you can have empathy. You can have feelings when you're talking to your kids about things and sharing things and just discussing what's going on. But she's like, let them have heavier feelings than you at the same time. So (laughs) just don't just don't be the one who's losing it more than your kids. But it's okay to have feelings and emotions and be there for them and, you know, recognize that it's hard, but, you know, try to keep that in check. And I've been using that as kind of my rule of thumb (laughs) as I'm as I'm making our way through this whole quarantine. I love that. And Leah McElrath, who's someone I love and follow on Twitter, she said this week that sometimes she just has to have a big cry and her son looks at her and is like, what's wrong? He's younger. And she says, mom's having big emotions right now. And I thought that was just a, a really good way to put it. Like, I'm having big emotions. I'm having big feelings. That it's okay not to hide every mood from the kids. Yeah. Like, they're allowed to know that we're human and we're dealing with this, too. And I absolutely I really like that. And I think that intersects with what you're saying. I think it would be scary for them if we were not reacting, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Look, the whole world is turned upside down and my school is canceled and I have no sports and I never see my friends anymore. And my mom is totally happy about it. That'd be weird. <laughs> no, it's like the fembot mom on the Umbrella Academy. I mean, if you watch that, like, you can't be, like, the happy housewife all day. Like, cookies? <laughs> <laughs> so, KJ, we know we can find you all over the internets. You're at kjdelantonia.com. And where else are you? What's your favorite social medium of choice these days? Absolutely Instagram to the point where I think I'm going to have to set limits on my phone to get myself off it. But I still <laughs> love it. It's it's uh, it's my only happy place. And I'm at KJDA there. And I do weekly videos on on books that won't bum you out that are book recommendations that I think are pretty timely. Oh, I love that. How have I not seen that? And you, you know you, you know how Instagram is if you're not on on Friday when I drop it. <laughs> but that's okay. That's If you scrolled all the way to your in, the end of your Instagram, I would be frightened for you. And I have done that a couple times lately and I am frightened for me. Ah! Hey there, Instagram algorithm. I want to see KJ in my feed more. I'm going to make sure that happens. <laughs> well, listen, we'll be right back with our cool picks of the week right after this. 
So, Liz, I know this has been happening in your house, but it's been happening in mine. My kids are walking around with these delicious Carb Smart treats from our sponsor, Briars. They cannot stop eating them. They're so tasty. Yes. In fact, <laughs> before we even got to record our first ad read for them, I already found an empty box in our recycling. So, <laughs> that's how much they are eating them. They're really good. For those of you who didn't catch it last week, let us explain again. We love Briars. It's America's number one ice cream brand. I didn't even know that until they told us that. And now I know. So you probably have a tub of it, like we all do. They come in those big, huge tubs so we can, like, you know, eat them all week long. (laughs) But they also have this line called Breyer's Carb Smart, which, big deal for me these days, I've been cutting back on carbs. And the cool thing is they're bars, like just like your kids like from ice cream trucks, right? But they only have three to five grams of net carbs per serving, and each one's under 150 calories. So yay for that. Oh, and you know, I was asking my kids, I guess it was pretty obvious seeing they were all walking around with them, but I'm like, do you like them? Are they delicious? And you know what? They didn't even say anything because their mouths were full <laughs> with these bars. Dahlia <laughs> literally said, Mom, if you want me to do an ad read, just tell me to come in and I will talk about them. <laughs> so maybe we'll have her come on next week. Like, she's really <laughs> obsessed with these. I am not kidding. The fudgical kind of ones. She said those are the Ooh. best ones she's ever had, which is hilarious. But um, hey, we love when our sponsors are the kind of products that we buy for ourselves anyway. So there you go. And you know what else I like? I like that Briars has partnered with American Farmers. So all the CarbSmart treats are made with 100 percent grade A milk and cream because yay farmers. And they're available at all major retailers. You can find them at Target, at Kroger, at Amazon Pantry. Check them out. Briar's Carb Smart Treats. They're delicious. They're tasty. I can't say enough good things about them other than that I'm going to have to restock our supply because my kids have eaten them all. Oh wait, I can say one more good thing. Look, I'm looking at this fact sheet, Kristen. I, I don't know how I didn't catch this before. There's three grams of fiber or more in each serving, which actually qualifies it officially as a good source of fiber. So, like, I needed another excuse to eat their bars. (laughs) It's good fiber, Kristen. We gotta eat healthy these days. More briars. All right. More briars. Eat healthier. Enjoy the warmer weather. All of those good things. I'm all for it. Yay! Plus, here's what's even better. We have a special offer just for Spawned listeners. You actually cannot find this anywhere else. Not on our website. Not anywhere. Visit briars.com slash spawn and download a coupon so you can try them out for yourself. And it is a decent coupon, let me say. They're available at all major retailers, so they're easy to pick up. So visit briars.com slash spawned and download a coupon so you can try their Carb Smart treats today. All right, well, now it's time for our Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! And KJ, you're up first. You're our guest. I have this really fun Uh, It's an art book that my oldest son and I picked up in a museum back when we could travel. And do not imagine that my oldest son and I go to art museums all the time. We do not. We just happened to have gone to this one. And we found this book called You Will Be Able to Draw by the End of This Book by Jake Spicer. And it is a combination drawing manual and sketchbook. And we've had it for months and months and months. We each have a copy and neither of us had done anything with it. And he pulled it out last night and he was like, let's go. Let's do this thing. So now we're drawing the interior spaces of chairs and the corners of the room and all kinds of things. And I think it's fun. It's distracting. It's something you could get multiple copies of and, you know, pass them out to the kids and sort of do together. We're, We're having a good time with it. The author's Jake Spicer. 
And I happened to know that your independent bookstore would be very happy to put this in media mail for you or perhaps in a bag outside that you could go and pick out. Right. I love that. Yes. That's fantastic. Yay for independent bookstores. Woohoo! So I'm going a totally different direction, Kristen. Okay. As you know, I have actually been working out still. Impressive, which is crazy. Liz. Impressive. This is the longest really. streak in years. And I still owe it all to Debbie Allen's Instagram dance classes. But what I realized I needed were some sports bras that weren't from 12 years ago and didn't fit from, you know, before kids or before they were all stretched <laughs> out. And I have, you know, I have a larger chest, Kristen, as you might have noticed. And so I was kind of looking around all over the internet to find best running bras, big boobs. I'm going to have a lot of fun Google searches from this. And what I discovered was Brooks Running makes amazing bras. And it turns out I had one. I had one that I completely forgot about, and it was my favorite. It just didn't fit me anymore. So I went to Brooks Running website, and everything is on sale right now. And I ended up getting the Jubilee style. Isn't that cute? Like Jubilee, but Jubralee. Ha, ha, ha. Mm, very and clever. The Fiona. And they're cute, and they're nice, and they're adjustable. And like I'm not bouncing all over the place when I'm doing some kind of terrible hip-hop class alone in my bedroom. So <laughs> That's important. I'm very happy. That's important. I'm telling you, like, I'm, you know, I was heading towards black eye territory there. So <laughs> I'm going to write about it on Cool Mom Picks because I was so happy to find them because that's a very tough thing for those of us girls who are, you know, in the D's and bigger category. So that's my cool pick of the week. And thank you, Brooks. Awesome. Yes, I actually am very familiar with those. They are the best. They come highly recommended from many people. So Liz, now they you're are. on board. Yeah, they're very, very, Woo-hoo. very awesome bras. Uh, I am not picking a bra. <laughs> I am actually going another direction. I am picking the Baby Yoda Bluetooth speaker because I don't know about you ladies, but we're obsessed with Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian and the child. If you want to be very specific, it's really not a Baby Yoda. But anyway, I discovered these thanks to one of our Cool Mom Tech readers and followers, Eric, on Twitter. He shared it and I was like, I need this in my life. And it's a bitty boomer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those. No, that is not a small, uncool person. (laughs) That is an actual little speaker that you can hold in the palm of your hand. And they are impressive. They're under 20 bucks. They have amazing sound. And this one looks like Baby Yoda. I just, it's like a triple win there, I think. And uh, I think they ship in maybe a week or two. So if you're thinking Father's Day, if you're thinking you just need a little something to cheer you up, I highly recommend uh, the Baby Yoda Bluetooth speaker. And of course, we'll put all of the links to everything that we've spoken about, KJ's book, the Baby Yoda, Liz's bra, (laughs) on our podcast page. I just want to give an extra (laughs) shout out to Eric, who shared that in the first place, Eric Quinn. I love his Instagram so much. It's at Eric, E-R-I-C, sketch. He happens to be an amazing illustrator and super cool Star Wars geek, and I just love everything he writes and shares. So I was really glad he shared that. Yoda speaker because it is the cutest. It is the cutest. So anyway, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our guest, KJ Del Antonia. Make sure you pick up her book. Yes, it comes out in June, but you can pre-order it now, which is something that we authors love and appreciate. And of course, huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. And hey, if you've got a moment and can leave us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate your time and support by doing that and subscribing and downloading our episodes. It really helps us us on Spawned, and it helps other listeners like you find us. And in fact, speaking of finding us, 
There are some cool ways to reach us these days. You can join our Facebook community. Just search for Spawned on Facebook and you will find it. You can say hi at Cool Mom Picks on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. And guess what? As of this week, you can say hi on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Our kids said not to join and we were like, <laughs> we're joining. Yes, we are in it. We're going to be doing some fun stuff. So it's at Cool Mom Picks on TikTok if you're not already on Jump right in. The water's nice. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye.